Alright, and welcome to the Rory's Nitro podcast, the show that rips up the buy rates and TV ratings and declares our own winner in some of professional wrestling's biggest head-to-head battles. I'm your host, Lee Carlos Cunningham, flying solo once again in what seems like a long time, trying to catch up some of this TV and get some more content out to all you peeps a little bit more often once again. And this week's episode takes a little bit of an unexpected twist because I watched the February 12th edition of Nitro first, getting ready to continue on our 1996 Monday Night War. And when I flipped over to check out Raw, there was no episode on the network. Upon doing a little bit more further research, I realised this was one of the weeks where Raw was preempted by the Westminster Dog Show. So, no Raw to review. What was I to do? I'd already watched Nitro and taken my notes, and I didn't really want to throw them out and start over. So, I thought we'd head once again back to the land of the extreme. Um, some of our 1995 offerings of ECW weren't really all that enjoyable, so I gave it away. But let's see if 1996 ushered in a new year, a new wave, and got closer to the ECW that I remember and love from childhood. So we watched the episode of ECW Hardcore TV from the 13th of February, so a very close comparison to Nitro, and we'll see exactly what they had to offer and which show offered up the best alternative to my, at the time, love of the WWF. We won't do a ratings comparison because ECW obviously wasn't available in all markets, so it is hard to get an accurate number for, but Nitro did do a 3.7 running unopposed to Raw uh, for the first time in a little while. So, without any further ado, as mentioned before, we watched Nitro first. We're going to head over there and see what WCW has to offer. So Nitro opens up with a Super Bowl rundown going over what happened the night before with a lot of still shots. And we get a bit of a hype up from the commentators about the fact that Loch Ness will be coming to Nitro tonight. Uh, This actually eats up about five minutes of the show with no action, no promos or in-ring work to start with. So it's quite obvious going unopposed. They're happy to sort of build in a little bit slower than they usually would because normally we'd be in the ring by this point. When we do get to ringside for our opening contest, it is the laughing man, Hugh Morris, taking on the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And during the entrance of the Macho Man, he comes out in just his sort of long tights and a t-shirt. So no hat, no jacket, no sunglasses. And the commentators really sell that this is Macho Man getting down to business. He's serious and he's not going to be messing around. When he gets in the ring, Hugh Morris jumps him early, but Macho Man gets back on the attack pretty early, grabbing the nose, raking the face, um, really sort of selling the viciousness of his new attitude at the moment. Hugh Morris fires back with a clothesline, an eye rake, and then Macho Man comes back at him with a boot, a clothesline, and some more choking. Eric Bischoff on commentary is selling us on some of the issues that stemmed from the set of Baywatch, which is always a good laugh, um, using sort of the actions on set of Baywatch as a wrestling storyline. Just got a little chuckle out of me. 
Morris and the Macho Man brawl around the outside, and then we get back inside where Hugh hits a vertical suplex. Macho Man fires back with a back elbow. Hugh Morris goes up top and misses a moonsault, allowing the Macho Man to jump up to the top rope himself, come off with his patented flying elbow, then go back up and hit a second one, picking up the 1-2-3 and the victory. Macho after the bell goes up top to deliver a third elbow, but Hugh Morris gets himself out of the ring, forcing the Macho Man to then pick up the mic and declare his intentions that he wants Ric Flair. This takes us to our first commercial break, and when we come back, Mean Gene Oakland is with WCW race car driver Steve Grissom, and they show footage of his WCW car going around the track. This is very lame, and I can't imagine who they thought was going to be interested in this, but it's a sign of the times from the mid-90s, I guess. From there, we go to our next contest, and it is signified by the alert of one of my all-time favorite wrestling theme songs. This, of course, signals the arrival of Scotty Riggs to take on the debuting on Nitro, Loch Ness. When the match gets underway, Scotty Riggs punches and hits a dropkick on Loch Ness, who the commentators are selling as being huge and disgusting, several times pointing out how disgusting his teeth are, so not a very nice way to debut the man. He does have feelings too, I'm sure. Riggs can't seem to get Loch Ness off his feet, so he goes to the second rope for a drop kick, hits that and it still doesn't knock him off, goes to the top rope and comes off with a top rope crossbody, where Loch Ness was supposed to catch him and I assume slam him, but actually couldn't complete it and just drops Scotty Riggs flat in a really disgusting botch. While Scotty Riggs is on the ground, Loch Ness shows no mercy, drops a couple of elbows on him, and that's enough to pick up the 1-2-3 in what is essentially a glorified jobber squash here. A uh, bit of a shame, because Loch Ness is shit and Scotty Riggs is not too bad. From there, we go to our next segment, which is Mean Gene Oakland at the top of the stage area, and he introduces Miss Elizabeth and Woman, and they bring out a hospital bed with a blanket over the top of a body, so hearing Woman refer to bringing a corpse with her on the ramp on a wrestling show is somewhat eerie, considering, obviously, the events of years gone by now. Um, It does just sort of make you feel a little bit creepy watching it. And from there, we get what I imagine is the first ever heel promo cut by Miss Elizabeth, where she insinuates that they've been boning Ric Flair all night and dishes some dirt on the macho man. Have a listen. And you, you surprised me to say the least, Elizabeth. I had no idea that it would turn out this way. Well, Gene, you know, Randy promised that last night someone was leaving the building on a gurney. Well, <laughs> may have taken us all night, but Ric Flair is a man of his word. Leaving on a gurney. Leaving on a gurney. Yeah. Leaving on a gurney. The nature boy, Ric Flair. 13 times! Just just taking a little catnap! You know, it's not easy being Ric Flair! It's not easy being a nation boy! And let me tell you, for those of you that don't understand what has happened, we now have woman on our right and miss. Woo! By God, Elizabeth on our left. 
from there, we get a bit more of a flair promo before throwing back to Elizabeth and in a deer in the headlights moment, begins to cut the second part of a promo on Macho Man and gets completely stuck on her line and Ric Flair and Jean try to bail her out while she buys herself a moment to think about it. Have a listen and see if you can catch it. It's a little bit easier when you can see the video and you can see the wheels spinning in her head that where she's forgotten a line, but still interesting nonetheless. The floor is yours, darling. Come over here, woman. Yes, I have something to say. For seven years, I had to walk behind Randy, sit in the corner, and never open my mouth. Well, when I left, I took half of everything. Half the money, half the property. But that was nothing, because last night, I took it all. Oh, wait a minute here. What she wants to say. I know that that belt was the most important thing to Randy. And he prides himself on living on the edge. Well, he's over the edge and looking up at the nature boy. Me, Gene, to sum it all up as we walked through the fairgrounds of Tampa, Florida Expo, I saw a guard say, Oh my God, what's causing all this? Girls, thank you very much, nature boy. From there, we go to our next matchup, which is going to be Dangerous Devon Storm making his debut with ginger hair and in a flora green outfit, taking on the United States champion and the Mexican heavyweight champion, apparently, though he stopped carrying the belt, Conan. Eric Bischoff tells us on commentary that Conan is so popular in Mexico that he's actually on a national soap opera, and Bobby Heenan quirks that it must be called The Young and the Ridiculous in a classic Bobby Heenan line. Devon Storm unloads with a dropkick to the back, followed by a baseball slide, and then uses a chair to cannonball Tope over the top rope to the floor, hits a dropkick off the apron, runs up the ring steps on the outside, but is caught and powerbombed on the floor by Conan in a fast-paced, hard-hitting start to the matchup. We get back in the ring and Conan unloads with a clothesline and a pair of head scissor takedowns, an arm drag and a very cool looking wheelbarrow suplex. This match is definitely faster paced than what we're used to other than a few of the maybe Sabu and JL matches and a little bit of the other stuff we've talked about previously. We actually get a bit of a Conan chance started from the crowd here as he does go through some cool moves. He locks in a reverse figure four leg lock and then we see George Steinbrenner in the crowd and the commentators play it up big time that he's a big WCW crowd, a big WCW fan even. They exchange leg locks before Devon Storm comes back with a springboard leg lariat and we get a bit of a... Not a botch, but things sort of lose a little bit of their quality when we have the Irish whip into the corner and we get Conan charging in to eat a back elbow, but he stops a bit short and the pace slows down. So whilst the moves are hard and fast, there's a little bit of the um, the transition moves that are just not quite as crisp as they need to be to make this a really good match. Bischoff clears himself out of some legal hot water and commentary when he says that last week when he talked about WWF being behind the power outage on Nitro, he was obviously only joking. For some reason, Devon Storm goes for a sunset flip from the apron to the floor, and Kono manages to reverse this into a Hurricane Rana in a really sweet-looking spot that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but at least looked cool. 
Back on the inside, Devon Storm goes for a Hurricane Runner off the top rope and is once again caught with a nice reversal when Conan flips through the move and lands a really sick fold-up powerbomb and rolls him up afterwards, flipping over the top for the 1-2-3 in a move that you'd likely only normally see in video games. So this was a good match and certainly had some action that you're not used to seeing for the time. I do think with a bit more time in the ring together, these guys could maybe get a bit more polish and make this an excellent match. But for Monday Nitro, this was really bloody good. Which leads us into our final contest of the evening, our main event. Arn Anderson with Woman taking on Hulk Hogan. Bischoff gets his best impersonation of Vince wanking over Shawn Michaels here when Hulk Hogan's music hits and he goes, Here's the music. Here's the man. Here is WCW. Oh, jeez, Eric. Come on, calm down a little bit, mate. Hogan's still wearing his ridiculous-looking eye patch, selling the injury from the heels. Um, and heels is in shoes. Not bad, guys, there, just to clarify that one. And during the entrances, we see a sign that says Eric Bischoff is Satan, so a little bit harsh. Hogan figuring turn about his fair play, starts a match with some eye rakes to Arn Anderson, then some punches, a bite, a 10-punch spot in the corner, and allows Arn to hit him with a corner clothesline, which he completely no-sells, and then Hulk comes back with two big clotheslines of his own. We get a back rake, a throat thrust, and then on the outside of the ring, Hogan slingshots Arn Anderson into the post, giving him absolutely zero offense in the opening of this contest. He chokes Arm with his wrist tape and really treats Arm like a jobber. He hits an atomic drop, a back suplex, and another big clothesline before Arn Anderson comes back with a back elbow, but goes up top and is immediately caught. So one move so far, and he's crotched on the top rope, bringing out Ric Flair and Liz to come and help make the save. Arn finally gets some control of the contest and unloads with his classic spine buster and a huge kick out at two from Hulk Hogan in the classic Hulk up form. He unloads with his punches and hits the big boot, but no leg drop, instead deciding to strut and lock on possibly the worst figure four in the history of wrestling. Flair gets in while Hogan has the figure four locked, and you would think having Hogan lay on the mat with no use of his legs, Flair would be able to get the better of him, but no, Hulk manages to roll Flair up, who's not in the match, for with a small package. All the chaos allows Woman to throw powder into the eyes of Hulk Hogan, and then the referee chases her away from ringside. While this is going on, Arnold Anderson gets a hold of Liz's shoe and hits Hogan in the face with the heel, picking up the 1-2-3 for a television victory over Hulk Hogan that Hulk would point to as, you know, his willingness to do business, but really, it did nothing for Arn Anderson whatsoever. On commentary as well, the sell here from Mongo McMichael really sums up the feelings on who the true star is when he says the words... Ric Flair has gone too far now. To do it to the Macho Man is one thing, but Hulk Hogan is a whole nother level. And Hulk, of course, once again proving what the dick he was here in 1996. After being powdered in the eye, hit with a high heel and pinned, immediately gets up and fucks off both Flair and Anderson, beating them both up for laughs. No need for Macho to come and save you, Hulk. You're the man. So he sold for all of 10 seconds, beats up the heels, and while that's going on, Macho Man did come out. If I was Macho, I was told, we're going to send you out there, but by the time you get there, Hulk will already have done all the work himself. I'd have just said, no, nah, nah, bother, I'll stay back and have a, have a drink backstage. From here, Arn and Flair go up to the commentary table and start to cut a promo on Savage and Hogan. Hogan and Savage then run up to the commentary table and run them off and attempt to cut a promo on the headsets themselves, but they cut out, so Mean Gene scurries into frame, carrying a microphone, allowing Hulk and Savage to get their words in. 
They cut promos on the heels, seemingly accepting challenges for next week's Nitro. I'm not sure what the challenge actually is, whether it's singles or a tag match at this stage, but they do say they're going to be taking them on, and they reference Helter Skelter a few times each to end the show. This promo was actually pretty decent and had a much more real feeling than a typical Hogan fair. It's just a shame he couldn't sell a little bit and get up there pissed off after, you know, Macho ran out with a chair and ran the heels off to protect him. The same way Hulk would come in and save Macho. I mean, that would have really made this segment a surefire winner and would have made me appreciate Hogan's work a lot more after he basically dominated Arn, dominated Flair, didn't need Macho's help, and then went and cut the last promo as well. So, you know, that's his television loss. Take it for what it is. Anyway, that will do it for Nitro, so a bit of a up-and-down show with some good, some bad, and some unique. Let's go over and see if ECW has really hit their stride on TV yet, and whether or not it's got anything that can hold up to Nitro in place of Raw being on the air. ECW show opens up with Saturn shaving his head next to a laughing Cronus, followed by an updated entrance video from the last time we checked in. It's still all footage, really, that's been shot on handheld cameras, so it's not the greatest quality, but it does give us some new players, some new moves, and a little bit of new music, so it looks a little bit better than it has done previously. After the entrance video, though, we open up with a introduction that would make Triple H fall asleep and get bored for an opening segment. Now, you'll have to stay with me here because I'm going to talk a lot, and this is all the opening segment. So before any matches, before anything changes, any commercial that I can see, this is just all in one hit. So persevere, here we go. So we open up with Joey Styles in the ring, giving us a welcome. That welcome is very quickly interrupted by Bill Alfonso and Taz. They cut it. Pretty poor promo, in fairness, on 911 before they're interrupted by Rey Mysterio. 
Rey Mysterio says that he's not afraid of Taz. Fonzie gets some balls and goes and slaps Rey, so Rey hits Fonzie with a spinning heel kick. He then attacks Taz, but he's caught and slammed pretty viciously. Rey comes back with a Rana before springboarding into a Tazplex. Taz then attempts to clothesline Rey, but gets hit with a Rana, but then Taz fires back with yet another suplex and cuts a promo into the camera. They're trying to get Taz over as this monster that's purposely suplexing wrestlers under their heads here, and the suplexes on Rey were very cool but very vicious looking. The crowd open up into a chant of fuck you, Taz, so ECW crowd's still as charming as ever, but hey, I like it. It doesn't bother me at all. As a bunch of wrestlers come out to check on Ray. They're there looking over him for just a brief moment before one of the wrestlers, and these two wrestlers I don't actually recognize, just begins to kick Ray, and the other one sticks up for Ray a little bit, and they brawl to the outside. We then get, um, like some EMTs, but nicknamed Damage Control in ECW in to take out Ray, and then Joey attempts once again to do his welcome introduction. This time, however, he's interrupted by Woman, so... Hold the phone on Rick Rude being the first guy to appear on the sh- on different shows. Woman is on Nitro either side of this ECW show. So, you know, there's a little bit more than just one history maker going around at this time. She acknowledges this fact as well when she says that you can watch me on Monday night, but I'm also here to stay as well. And she says to Joey, when's your contract up? Maybe you'd like to come with me to WCW. And yes, she really does say it like that before she is interrupted by the Sandman. Now, unfortunately, I'm watching this on the WWE Network, so the Sandman's music didn't play, hence the reason why I used it on the ECW introduction here, so we all get a good listen and enter Sandman. Sandman then comes out smoking a cigarette in classic Sandman fashion and drinking a beer as well. Before he can say anything, with Woman cutting a little bit of a promo, Too Cold Scorpio also comes out and he begins to fondle Woman. And then she's sort of saying, if anyone doesn't want me here, they've got to get rid of me. Scorpio's standing with her. And then he says to Joey, this bitch is out of here and carries her out. He carries her all the way through the back to the outside to a limo, throws her in the limo and tells the driver, take this bitch back to Atlanta. Cutting back to the ring where Sandman is still there, and he's interrupted by the Blue Meanie and Stevie Richards, who are out to tell the Sandman to back out of the title match with Raven before the crowd begin to chant, Sandman's gonna kill you, and fuck him up, Sandman, fuck him up. Meanie steps up to face off with Sandman and the crowd to begin to begin to chant, you fat fuck, before Sandman nails him with a cane, and then he tells Stevie to pass a message on to Raven. Raven comes out, however, slaps Stevie around a little bit, And Stevie tells Raven that he has a surprise for him. Sorry to mention, Sandman had left the ring, obviously. The surprise is he digs around in Meanie's shorts, exposing his genitals supposedly to Joey, who's suitably disgusted, before finding a piece of paper and pulling it out, declaring that he is suing Missy Hyatt for sexual harassment. Missy Hyatt then comes out, insults Raven, saying he's got a low sperm count, hence why his ex is now pregnant to Tommy Dreamer, and declares that she's going to have a new man to manage. This brings back out the Sandman, who canes all three men, and Missy says to Joey Styles before speaking for the rest of the promo, you are a team, right? And Joey, in the absolute line of the night, says, I'm pretty sure I was when this started. (laughs) It just cracked me up. From there, Missy just sort of basically tells Sandman that she needs her, that he needs her, and we finally go to a commercial break after the segment that would not end. When we come back, we're going to be treated to our first match, which we're then told is going to be highlights of a match, so I'm not really sure what they're trying to achieve here other than make people go to the live shows, but this certainly wasn't the way to do it. It's now going to be Raven and Stevie Richards taking on Tommy Dreamer and Don't Call Me Dean, the franchise Shane Douglas. 
The match gets started with Stevie and Tommy Dreamer in the ring, and Stevie hilariously hits Tommy with an earthquake splash before Dreamer fires back with a monkey flip and the cactus clothesline to the outside. We get a chair used for a baseball slide, and then I notice there's an actual basketball hoop hung up in the gym, so they are in a high school gym, and one's got the ECW banner on covering it, but the one a little bit over definitely doesn't and does look hokey and low rent. Stevie Richards then draws probably the most heat of the night when he digs out a yellow and black WWF Razor Ramon t-shirt, which he puts on. He then proceeds to throw a toothpick at uh, Shane Douglas, yes, Shane Douglas, before Shane Douglas finally gets pissed off, punches him, takes the Razor shirt off him, wipes his ass with it, and then stuffs it in Stevie Richards' mouth, so that's quite disgusting. We then quite... Uh, quite obviously skip ahead in the match and we've got Shane Douglas on on offense on both the heels before he hits a pile driver on Stevie Richards for a two count broken up by Raven and Tommy Dreamer and Raven brawl a little bit. Cactus Jack runs down and distracts the referee. I'm not sure why this is ECW and they've been using chairs all night anyway. Allowing Raven to tape up his fist and nail Douglas for a two count. We skip ahead another time and Sandman comes out and canes everybody in the match, including the referee, which was pretty funny, before Raven hits a pile driver and this eventually gets a two count when they can get the referee over. Stevie hits a swinging neck breaker for a two count before Shane Douglas comes in with a DDT and Stevie Richards fires him off with a Stevie bomb for a two count. We get the hot tag to Tommy Dreamer again, something that's quite nonsensical because we've had very little tagging in and out. And he comes in with a fry pan to all the heels. Um... Hits a power slam for a two count before Raven comes in with a chair and nails both the faces. Meanie goes up for a moonsault in one of the worst spots of either show. He's up there for an absolute ice age with Stevie Richards trying to help him balance. Dreamer comes in, takes Richards away from him, nails Richards, puts him down in position, and Meanie. Then Dreamer goes and helps Meanie up, who hasn't turned around during this whole thing, and Meanie moonsaults Stevie Richards. This allows Dreamer to pick up a two count before Tommy Dreamer tapes a fry pan to his leg and then hits an enziguri for the one, two, three in a very garbagey brawl that had some fun spots, but certainly had a lot of crap in there as well. This then takes us to our seemingly main event of the show, Taz up against the Shark Attack Kid. So yeah, this is certainly not one for the record books. Taz opens up with a T-bone suplex, with Joey once again selling that Taz has been dropping everyone on their heads. He hits a clothesline and a hardaway Tazplex before hitting a super overhead belly-to-belly suplex off the top. And then we get a sign in the crowd that says Taz is the 13th monkey, which I'm not touching that one. I'm not really sure what it's referencing, so I'm leaving it alone. Taz says to the Fonz, blow the whistle, locks in the Taz mission, and it's all over. They then get on the mic and call out 911, bringing out Commissioner Gordon. Here comes Commissioner Gordon! Be careful, Todd. We know you can take Alfonso, but has not above snapping your neck. Listen, 911 doesn't want to wrestle you. He's left the building. I don't know why. What? What do you mean he's left the building? You know what? It doesn't surprise Bill Alfonso one bit that 
yellow streak down your back because I kicked your butt in Philadelphia. And if you want to, you get your bald head in here and take a little piece of Bill Alfonso in New York City. Come on down. Taz, you know what I can do. Wanna be bald businessman in a real man's world? Come on in. Come on, Taz. Please go outside and I'm gonna take it to him, baby. So this does bring Commissioner Gordon in the ring to have a bit of a go at Fonzie here. They brawl around for a few seconds. There's not really much to it before Gordon gets the upper hand. This forces Taz to get back in the ring and grab a hold of him. He nails Fonzie pretty good before Taz is run off by a debuting Bam Bam Bigelow. So this really does help get over the storyline that wrestlers from all promotions are pissed off with the way Taz is suplexing people under their heads. And Bam Bam comes out to say that if he wants a fight, he's going to have a fight with the Beast from the East. So pretty cool ending to an otherwise pretty poor show. Um, there was two matches. One was a squash and one was highlights and an opening segment that took up over half the show. That being said, there was a lot of good characters and a lot of people I'm interested in seeing. So let's head over to the final washout and see how it compares to Nitro. Right off the bat, we're going to start with production quality and Nitro absolutely destroys ECW here, which should come as no surprise to anyone that's watched wrestling or listened to this show before. Um, ECW is in a high school gym with handheld cameras and it's not a very well-timed out show. Nitro is very slick and professional, so it's a pretty easy victory there. For storylines, I'm going to go with Nitro. ECW was definitely the more adult-themed, and if I get the feeling of watching it week-to-week and some better episodes than this, you'd probably prefer the content of the storylines, but they were so poorly timed out here, as opposed to Nitro that followed your traditional wrestling format. They were easy to keep up with who was feuding with who, what the stories were, and you didn't have incidents like you did where there's a wrestler kicking Ray and I don't even know who it is. On that note, we're going to move on to characters, and again, I'm going to go with WCW. ECW got a lot of the big-name players on the show, but none of them did anything of a significance, and most of them were wasted all within the confines of one segment, not allowing anything to breathe or seem really important. In fact, Woman and Missy Hyatt probably came out as two of the biggest stars in that first segment, so for that reason, I'm going to go with WCW once again for characters. They did get the big guys on the show, Flair, Hogan, um, Macho Man... They didn't have the likes of Sting and whatnot on this show, but definitely still got the biggest star power out of the two. This just gives me two more categories where ECW could possibly register a blow against WCW, and the first one is crowd heat. Um, Considering the size of the crowds and the fact that there was probably more notable chants from the ECW crowd, I'm actually going to give them this category. I mean, it may have been a bit more adult-themed, but that doesn't bother me. I'm, you know over the age of 15 so it's not really gonna upset me too much hearing a few swear words if you listen to this show you know i've got a fairly you know a bit of a potty mouth at times myself as well the fact that a high school gym had enough people in to keep up with and outperform the wcw crowd was pretty impressive so ecw is definitely going to register a win there for their audience i might not agree with their love of this early version of ecw i much prefer it later on but they're certainly vocal and they know how to help their show along which takes us to the last and most important category as always match quality and this one is an easy one it's going to go to nitro because ecw only gave us two matches one was a highlight uh, of a garbage filled interference laden brawl and the other was a squash match 
Conan up against the debuting Devon Storm, whilst it wasn't an all-time classic, was a very good TV match, and that beat anything else on either show. And the wrestling in the other two matches on Nitro was fairly inoffensive as well. So Nitro takes the win with four out of five, only losing out to the hardcore ECW fans. That'll do it for today. It's good to be back in the saddle, giving you a bit of a quicker solo version. I've got a lot of two-man shows coming up again, but I'm going to try and keep Raw and Nitro ticking over a little bit quicker. So hopefully sometime midway through next week, you'll have your next episode. Won't have to wait too long, and I'll see who's going to be free first and have all the shows watched between uh, Duncan and Richie and getting on the next show. We're still a few TVs away from me and Carl hooking back up for the big WrestleMania episode. So stay tuned. There's a lot more coming. As always, if you could help share um, the show, spread the word, get some more people involved. If you want to be involved yourself, get in touch. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the raw is nitro pod at hotmail.com if you want to send me an email please get in touch and if you can also leave a five-star review it does help us reach a wider audience which is pretty much the only intended goal at this stage thank you all for listening and i'll speak to you all again soon you ain't gonna believe this i'm telling you come on you're gonna bug hey this is a rock and roll museum you guys don't belong in here (laughs) i'm the king of rock there is none higher to call me sire to burn my kingdom you must use fire i won't stop rocking till i retire now we rocked up party and come correct all cuts are on time and rhymes connect got the right to vote and we'll elect and other rappers can't stand us but give us respect
we play, we 